Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Hyland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Good morning, Mom. Good morning, Em. Today we're going to talk about friendship. Um, there are so many things to say about friendship, but immediately what I think of is the season that I'm in for friendship and how being a young mom, there are people in my life who I like, I need them. Uh I, I need them to be my friend and I need to know that, that we've got this close community because you're relying on them. I am in a relying really on them. Practical way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like to get together, to, you know, their kids play with my kids. To link arms. Right. To survive the day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to be not alone in the right intensity of young motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk about what we're putting in their mac and cheese and what curriculums we're going to use for all, homeschooling. It's, just, <laughs> it's so, it's night and day though when you are doing it alone yeah. versus doing it with a friend. Right. Coming alongside and having somebody come alongside you. Yeah, it's amazing the just how a tiny bit of encouragement can help you go. It's almost like so much further. It's, by design, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to be doing this with with others, friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's easier said than done, I think. And mm-hmm. so maybe we can talk about just um, what it takes. What it takes, <laughs> and you know, I, I think that there. I mean, right off the top of my head, a lot of things come to mind. I think that there are wrong ideas about friendship that keep us from having friends Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that I think just has to do with idealizing it and um, Mm -hmm. but yeah what 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 are your thoughts about just I talked myself into a corner I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. here Um, well where where should we begin how to make a friend why we need friends Um, Um, why we need friends what if we started with just why why do we need a friend? I need a friend because I need to not do this alone, to not do yeah. the little years alone. Yeah. But there are also, you know, many other reasons that I need a friend. I need a friend to, you know, talk through things and right. You know, I need a friend to hold me accountable, you know, on like the deeper levels, you yeah. know, the deeper friendships. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think friendship is really like this optional thing. And sometimes I think because it we tend to idealize it so much that we can it can be out of reach mm-hmm. or it can disappoint us and then we just say, you know what, I don't really need friends. Yeah. And that's a that's not a good place. Yeah. Well we were talking just a minute ago about um before you know, we started this conversation about the how, talk before the talk, right? The talk before the <laughs> what talk are we talk about <laughs> about um, 
how now because of social media and even just, you know, transportation options, we are exposed to so many more people than just our immediate neighbors. Mm -hmm. And that gives us this opportunity to idealize the type of person we want to be around. You know, she thinks like me or dresses like me or eats like me or dresses her kids like me or disciplines and parents her children the same way I do, you know, whatever it is. So those are the people that I'm going to spend my time with or the, that's the, the person you choose. Right. That yeah. I, that I want to be around rather than saying, who am I actually already in contact and community with? And right. am I choosing really to commune with them? Mm-hmm. Or am I just kind of like, looking at them as this sort of necessary part of my life, mm-hmm. but they're not a friend. I don't want them to be my friend. So I think right off the bat, there's this this choice between is is friendship about me and mm-hmm. you know, just what I want from a friend, or is there a sense of that friendship is a calling and that God has put people in my lives for me to be a friend. Friendship to. as an action, as a yeah. verb. Like it's yeah. a thing that I do. And even as an offering, as right. something that I give. And there's an element of, you know, choice in our friendships. You know, when we are in a group of people and we identify somebody that we're like, oh, they're really interesting. I think we have things in common or they have something that I'd like to be better at. And so, you know, to say, I want to, I really like to be friends with them. Um, and there's, that's totally legitimate. But I do think there's, we're, there's a tendency to, you know, almost make light or little of the people that are already in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, even in your own home, you know, there's, there's friendship obviously with our spouses, but there's friendship with siblings, depending on where you are in your season of life. But they're certainly your neighbors and they're the, your coworkers and the people that you're encountering day to day and to take stock of those in the sense of, okay, maybe they're not necessarily the people I would go out of my way to choose, but if I believe that God is ordering my steps in my life, then I need to Mm -hmm. pay attention to, okay, well, who's here? Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, when you do choose a friend, like that person who you see, who you have some things in common with or who you admire or, you know, interests you, it, I think it feels so vulnerable because it's a choice. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of saying, Hey, I I choose you. Do you choose me? It's so like, when it's I was little, crazy notes in school, and I remember in you know second grade, writing the note: "Will you be my friend?" Circle, yes, yes. or no. Oof. Jeez. <laughs> On the other hand, I wish it were that straightforward. I wish I could just say sometimes in new friendships, "Do you want to be friends?" Do you want to be my friend? Uh huh. You know, I or um. Uh, it's in Miss Potter with, I think it was Renee Zegweiler. Yeah. However you say her name. Um, and, and, um, and a character says to her, like, I am prepared to be very good friends with you. Like, yeah. 
just that we could be that straightforward. Yeah. It would be yeah, I, helpful sometimes because sometimes I feel like I'm doing the dance and I'm like, I like you. Mm-hmm. Do you like me or are yeah. you just being polite? Right. And are we wasting time then? You know, yeah. getting, it's almost like you have to kind of mother yourself. Wow. <laughs> Beatrix Marie really wants to be a part of the conversation. <laughs> She's gonna snuffle. She's gonna poop. She's yeah. gonna <laughs> like yeah. That you that kind awkward of dance, and you have to sort of mother yourself there and say you're you're just you're finding out. You're gonna figure it yeah. out. You know, offering friendship. Yeah, and then being willing. For me, I have to be willing to wait to see is this going to pan out and not get so anxious about what the other person's going to do with my offering of friendship. Yeah. Maybe we'll get closer. You know, maybe they come over a second time. Right. Or you meet up for coffee a second time and you both decide, yeah, like we really want to keep going with this. Or maybe, you know, they decide they're they're not really into this and and that's okay. You know, it is okay, but it's hard. It's hard. I think it's almost a superpower when you can come to the place, though, of really being okay with that level of rejection, because that's yeah. really what it is. And I right. think that that is what can keep us from trying at all. It's mm-hmm. just the fear. And, you know, we all have histories and stories of wounds from friendship. And those, those can be very, um, even old ones, even childhood wounds in Maybe friendship. We should talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think we no, should. But those can those can be um, those can impact you. All right. Well, I will because yeah. it's relevant to me. Um, mm-hmm. I was such an outgoing little girl. I remember I was. You know, when new kids would come to school, I was like, "Hi, my name's Kim. Do you want to be my friend?" Mm-hmm. I mean, I I remember that. I remember. You know, I can just feel it almost doing that. On the regular, I was so excited when new kids would come into a class, mm-hmm. um, and and I was fearless. I mean, and it wasn't even like, oh, I'm going to be brave and go ask them. It's just what I did. Yeah, it's, I just it was part of me. Yeah, it's like, oh, yay, new people. Yeah, and in um, around third or fourth grade, I began to get bullied a lot, and it totally blindsided me. And and that I went to a small private school, and so it was. Um, that was relevant just because you know it's small. It's not like there's a lot of people, and so from like definitely fourth through eighth grade, I didn't have friends, and it was very painful. And um, yeah, you know, just the whole. I would. I mean, school was could be torturous, you know, for mm-hmm. me. And I would pretend to be sick and, you know, and, and there are definitely some very, you know, clear memories from that period. And so, and those are really formative years. So then moving into, you know, from, well, eighth grade, then moving into high school, it, the way I navigated high school and college and young adulthood was definitely impacted by having been, you know, really hurt mm-hmm. by friends. Um, to me, women were very, very dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started to identify that, though, as a young adult and, and realized I'm, I'm responding to people out of that wound. Yeah. And... Um, 
recognizing it, you know, I began to pray that God would help heal it, not get over it. It's part of my story. It's part, and and I, I'm grateful for it. It also, it impacted a lot of the way I parented. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but just, but recognizing that, yes, this was a part of how now I, you know, responded to friendship in my adult life was important for me to, um, to see so that I could, even now, you know, I'm like sometimes, especially the last couple of years of my life, you know, but between a lot, a lot of life, just personal, but then also the lockdown and it isolated, but mm-hmm. you know, my isolated life is not very isolated because yeah. there's so many adults in it, you know, right. even, even just our immediate family. And, um, but then becoming, very comfortable with that and, mm-hmm. you know, and just having to look at, you know, okay, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, I've got these other things going on. Not a lot of time for friends. And I think that's another part for me, just there's different seasons that right. are going to avail me of, I mean, it wasn't, it was three, four years ago. I had three coffee dates a week, right? And I was engaged with friends a lot um, yeah. just because of the types of things that I was pursuing. Right. But then now being in a different place where I don't have that time, but also being cognizant of my tendency to pull away mm-hmm. when things feel threatening or difficult or overwhelming, just knowing that about myself from those wounds all the way back when, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's relevant. Um, how about you? Let's um, talk about your wounds. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, so I'm curious then, just not to jump away from no, we're talking about you now. Your story too <laughs> fast. Well, I'm curious. Carrying that wound, you know, it is a real part of your story. So it, you know, it did happen. It has impacted you. So, what are the kinds of things you have to say to yourself in order to, you know, combat those not be, those feelings? Yeah. Like, I mean, is it just I don't want to? pursue friendship at all because women mm-hmm. are dangerous or right, is it right. yeah i mean like what what what's the dialogue in your head and how do you pursue a friendship then um i don't think that that is not the dialogue in my head it's not mm-hmm. i it's not um f- fear at all i think if anything sometimes it's just more indifference which is not mm-hmm. good either mm-hmm. you know but it's just like i don't don't need it don't have time for it mm-hmm. and again the season of life i'm in is very full with adult children who are friends right so i right. think that's another point that you know family still counts yeah, as a friend. As a friend, mm-hmm. right. I do think sometimes we have this idea that, well, you need people that aren't related to you. And I mean, there's there's benefit to that, but, you know, there's, I'm, I'm committed to friendship with my, you know, my own children, but also the uh, families they've married into. Right. And so that means, you know, to to different degrees... I'm I'm pursuing relationships with daughters-in-law and 
their families, you know, and, right. you know, and so that's, I think for me, there's, there's just this, there's, because there's so many people, there's kind of a hierarchy in my head and I'm yeah. like, okay, it's really important that I stay in touch with these people, et cetera. But, um, but the, I think responding to, you know, kind of those, there were just, a, there were a lot of lies, I think that I kind of identified and began to work through. Yeah. Um, and part of it, a part of a big part of that was just my own identity and thinking, well, I'm not a good friend. I'm not worthy of friendship, you know, and knowing that shifting, I think a lot from, you know, so much rejection as, as a child really did cause me to think, oh, there must be something inherently wrong with me Mm. that everybody dislikes me so much. Mm And um, you know that's that's a yeah. big, big lie. Yeah, it's a very um, powerful lie. Mm-hmm. And so, realizing that um, it's it's a lie. I think to one degree or another, all of us, mm-hmm. you know, have you know just that unworthiness. But is my is my effort in in relationships going to be about making myself worthy enough for you to want to be my friend? You know, which is always working from a kind of a default scary position. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to do this or they're going to be mad or if I don't do this, then I won't be a good enough friend and Right. Um or I think the big the big paradigm shift for me. I mean, and well, before I get to the shift is, okay, what's the truth about my worth? God, you tell me who I am. Right. And that's that's just a huge part of my whole life, learning yeah. my identity comes from the love of God for me. Yeah. It doesn't come from my own assessment of me. It doesn't come from my children's assessment of me. It doesn't come from my husband. Right. Only God has the authority to say, this is who you are. Right. It and doesn't when, come from my friend or my no. my mom's group or whatever. Nobody, yeah. right. And when you just live and go, you know, put roots down in that, what you discover is there's so much room there for even your worst faults, yeah. your worst mistakes, because it's just the overwhelming love of a father. And that's so secure. So really rooting myself in that, now friendship started to become more of that thing it was when I was a little girl. I'd see somebody, and I've talked with you about this before, you know, so often we walk into a room and we there's this sense of here I am mm-hmm. and that might be, you know, and some people are probably like, I don't feel that way when I walk in a room, but there is that bold, like, hello, I'm here. But mm-hmm. more often it's like, we kind of sneak into a room. Here I am. Do you see me? Does anybody see right, me? There's a question Do you like mark. me? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then instead of that, walking into a room and saying, there you are. Right. And that's how I was as a child before I went through that pain. I was like, there you are. Yeah. Look at you. I get to I get to extend friendship to you. And that more and more has become my default that mm. um and it's it it does kind of feel like a superpower mm-hmm. because it's not that I'm indifferent to I mean I pick up on signals when people don't like me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I do. 
but that's not what I'm there for. Right. I'm, I'm there bringing what I have, mm. very confident mm-hmm. usually in that. But I'm confident in it because I know it's not everything, but it's what I have, you know? Right. It's what I'm bringing to the smorgasbord potluck of life. You know? Right. I'm bringing, you know, my special mac and cheese, right? Right. And, and it's not the whole meal, but, and not everybody's going to like it. Yeah. But it's it's a very um, empowered place, I think. You know, when you're talking about the there you are or the here I am, it makes me think of just the Garden of Eden and, you know, how in the very beginning, like there was this freedom, you know, the nakedness yeah. that like they did not know their own nakedness. And then after the fall, there was that covering up and, yeah. you know, that hiding, hiding and shame. Yeah. Right. And how that thought on friendship of there you are rather than here I am is yeah. so redemptive. It's yeah. such a redemption of that, you know, that, that hiding and that shame, you know, about, you know, you said your mac and cheese, like what you're bringing, who you are. It's, it's, you have that confidence because of Christ. You have that confidence because, yeah, you're not that special. Like, (laughs) I'm not everything. I don't think I'm all that, but I am loved by by God, yeah. I by him who is all that. He is yeah. literally like everything, you know? Yeah. And that's my security. So I can extend friendship to whoever I want to all right. day long. And even if I am, you know, rejected, you know, not chosen, you know, it's not reciprocated. It's okay because I have a friend in God. Right, right. And it, yeah, and it makes me think about that weird dance of, Okay, are you going to be my friend? Are you not? Like, we're kind of in the beginning stages of friendship. It's not intimidating anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's still an element of vulnerability. You know, there's someone in my life that I, you know, there's always like, is she just being nice to me? Does she Mm -hmm. really want to get coffee? Or is she just so nice that, of course, she's going to say yes. I mean, you know, and, and that... That's kind of where I am, you know, and I mean, who knows, you know, and only time will tell. I mean, and right. so there's, it doesn't take all the vulnerability away. Yeah. It just. There's still an element of bravery because you're yeah. not naive anymore. Right. Right. You yeah. know that people can dislike you. You know that people can be polite and spend an afternoon with you and not enjoy themselves. <laughs> Somebody can eat a big old hike. Heaping helping of my special mac and cheese, and not even and like not it. even like it, yep. right? Yeah, but and that's just life, and that's that's okay. We're we're not going to connect in the same ways, and I think that that's also so key to um, being brave in friendship is that to recognize that every single partnering of two people is so individual. It's so unique. There's mm-hmm. nothing like, you know, you know me and, you know, let's, we'll use Hillary, right? Your sister-in-law, my daughter-in-law, right? So we're friends. The three of us are friends. Mm-hmm. But you and Hillary, Hillary knows parts of you mm-hmm. and brings out parts of you that right. only Hillary can bring out right. and vice versa. So I think when we... When we're going into a friendship to have this 
idea that it's almost like this new thing mm-hmm. being birthed. Yeah. And to have, have, you know, to have expectation and hopes, but also that sense of mystery that if this happens, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a connection here, then something totally unique and different is going to grow from that. And and who knows what that might be? Rather than lying, laying on such heavy expectations that you like smother the you right. know, yeah. the the little sprout of what it is, right? Um, and just being, you know, kind of sitting back and okay, what's gonna what's this gonna be? And maybe yeah. it's going to be, you know, um, something really beautiful. Maybe it's going to be seasonal. Maybe it's going to be an oak tree. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to be something that you just touch in back and forth for many, many years. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Yeah. But not not trying to insist that this be a rose bush. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Um, and just letting letting there be some mystery to it. Yeah. Yeah. And being willing to keep kind of cultivating, you know, keep kind of working at your your garden of friends that Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I can kind of think through, you know, like my oak trees, you know, the people who are like, they're really close. Um, And then some newer friendships that are exciting and kind of sprouting, but it's taken time. It didn't just, you know, you know, come into existence one day. I prayed for friends and I prayed for certain types of friends and it is so different because it's not like family you do you choose them right and then you have to keep working at it you have to really you know come back over and over because there's something about family that I mean friendship and family you have to work at as well um but yeah family's gonna be around right there's a deeper connection that's going to at least they're gonna be in your life yeah yeah where Where friends can you can stop off, you can kind of, you can, yeah. or drop off, you can stop cultivating a friendship, you know, you mm-hmm. can, um, you can even neglect a friendship. Right. And I think that speaks a lot to the active role in friendship. So often, especially when we're really desperate and yearning for friends, which I think can be due to trying to find too much of our identity in them, mm-hmm. right? In yeah. their affirmation. Um, but even even when we are rooted and you know we're still made for friendship, we um, and loneliness is pretty overwhelming. If yes. that's where a person is, if that's where you are, it does feel desperate because you're not made to be alone. Yes, yeah. But when you are trying to engage in friendship from that lonely place, um, I think a real danger is that. It's not about what you're bringing. Mm-hmm. It's not about there you are. Yeah. It is so much. Here I am. Somebody please notice me. Please affirm me. Please. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's tough. Yeah. That's really tough. Um, and I I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I'm kind of thinking on my feet here because part of me feels like you have to bring something, you know, yeah. even if it's really meager, you know, even if it's a bag of chips, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, 
I, I, I'm, my brain just went to like, they say when you're struggling with, you know, feelings of depression, it's so powerful to do something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways to get yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, because that it's, it's a slippery slope, you know, into that where, where your, your own pain, your own loneliness just can become all that is. Yeah. And, it's not we're I think we're just really good at denying our pain mm-hmm. or letting it be everything. And I think that often comes from not having had a conversation with the Lord first. You know, if I can bring my my desperation to Christ and say, I am desperate for a friend, recognizing that's who I can bring it to, not to another human person, yeah. then that's, you know, that's appropriate for me to say, please, please, yeah. Jesus, give me a friend. And Without, then yeah. I bring, you know, whatever it is I have to, you know, to the table for friendship, even if it is meager. But there is a place to bring that desperation because yeah. you feel it. And it is it is just part of being lonely is you do feel desperate. Yeah. And yeah. and then you go to to the friendship and say, this is what I have to bring. This well, is hopefully what I have to offer. And that there's a really pragmatic aspect to all of this. It's like, you know, plant your seeds while the sun's shining. Right, you know, exactly. in your yeah. in your times of nurturing those friendships, it's just so much better to come to a really lonely, hard place and have friends that maybe you haven't been in close touch with, but you know you can rely on them. Yeah. You know you can, they're safe. Um, right. Even maybe somebody you haven't been in touch with for a while, mm-hmm. but you were before. And so you know, and that's that's a really vulnerable thing to do, but you know, okay, this person, what they've shown me about who they are is they are trustworthy. And, and yeah. you can come and say, hey, I'm really struggling and I could really just use some encouragement, some friendship. I mean, what a, even, you know, just saying it, not even real. It's, that's a really, really difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's pretty vital. Yeah. Yeah. Advocating for yourself that way. Right. Yeah. That's, that's hard for me. (laughs) It's hard for anyone. Really hard. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's you might be let down. Yep. yep. Might, and so this, when you were you were talking a minute ago about praying first, that really makes me kind of almost back all the way up to the first friend. Our yeah. first friend, Jesus, is our friend. Yeah. And he's, and that's a friendship that. If the more we invest in it, the right, more it we trust in, you to oh invest oh in this gosh. friendship. Yeah, right. For and you, you will to, get the most out of it. Like <laughs> Right. For you to know him as your very, very faithful, kind friend. Yeah. Um mm. that you've turned to over and over and over. And he's been there for you over and over and over. And he's comforted you over and over. And he's talked to you through his word. That is everything. Yeah. Um, 
best friend. Best friend, absolutely. And and I I mean, some people I'm sure that are listening are probably like, yes, that's so true. And other people are like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's Jesus your friend? You know. Um. But he is. Mm-hmm. And so it's mysterious. It is mysterious, and there's and there's no. Um, I mean, you can explain it all day long, but just like a friendship, there's. It's super. It's very personal. It's very unique to you and him, and you can only know it by experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a lot of things in life. When you know, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And right. So having that relationship and that friendship, which is like the starting point, really, of any healthy friendship, mm-hmm. because you're finding. You know, you, you, he's the perfect friend. Your identity is in the love that you have, you know, from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, you, and then moving out from there in friendship is, and, and truthfully, I think that if, if you're not, you're going to return to that over and over and over and over. Mm hmm. In the best of circumstances, life is just still going to bring you back. It's it's meant to. It's it's we we need him as our friend yeah. to navigate life. Um, so almost like again, it's pragmatic. It's like, well, if this is where I'm going to keep landing, maybe maybe it makes sense for I me to invest here. Invest here, right? Yeah, I think about you know my friendship wounds and what I carry into friendship and especially new friendships. And because of that, because of the relationship with Christ, I think it really helped what could have been a more devastating experience for me be less so because I had that. And it's really funny when I look at journals from like when I was 14, I would just talk it all out with Jesus. You know, it was like, we could just work it all out together, you know, whatever dramas of life were happening. And so some of the, you know, bullying that I experienced from ballet and then um, in a couple other relationships, it it wasn't, it wasn't the same thing because it wasn't my identity. Like even that young, it was, they were friends and it hurt and it was sad, but Jesus and I could work it out. And then yes, yeah. I remember we moved to uh, Berryville, you know, to the country. And I was like, we're in the country. Like, how am I ever going to make friends? And yeah. you were really encouraging and you were like, pray for friends. Pray for for good friends. And then I got some great friends and yeah. got to experience what it was like to have, I think... There are people, you know, in friendship, they're all like kind of like the leaders. And then there are the people who are kind of more followers. And for me, I was often the leader in friendship. And I was also the kind of like the, I was the one pouring in a lot. Yeah. And I mean, if you've ever been in friendship with someone who pours back into you, it's like night and day difference from just being... It's reciprocated. Right. Like, right. From being in a non-reciprocal friendship relationship. Right. It's it's totally different. And, and that started happening, you know, after we moved, I started getting into some friendships where people would reciprocate and it was amazing. I was like, this is, 
Yeah. I didn't know friendship could be like this. I didn't know it could be this good. Yeah. Um, and that is, it's, it's awesome. It's been, it's been awesome. But I think what I, my friendship wounds, it, it's, I'm like suspicious. I'm suspicious of kindness and generosity oh, right. yeah. because that would be heaped on in the beginning in a couple different friendships. And then like, something would go wrong or I would offend someone. And then it was like the rug was pulled out from under my feet and they were like, you messed up and this is not a friendship anymore. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know that was a rule in this friendship. Like I didn't realize I, you know, misstepped, you know, it's, and and now it's over. Like we're not going to have a conversation about it. We're just done. You know, that happened a couple of times. And so I feel I feel like cautious and even yeah. suspicious of yeah. kindness, and that's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like kind because they want to be your friend, and you're like, hmm. Yeah, and don't I'm know like, about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, and like, Do you feel if, better if they're mean to you. You're like, oh, you're a trustworthy person. <laughs> I feel better if they are kind of like me. If they're if kind they're of like, hmm. If they are like sort of sizing me up for uh-huh. a couple months, I'm like. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see you. You like you got your head on straight. Like <laughs> you know not to trust the first person you see, which is so dumb. I recognize what I am saying yeah, as yeah. I am saying it, but that is that's yeah, that's my paradigm. Sure. So I have to when people are being really kind, I have to say, "Okay, Lord, like you're right. in control of my life and my relationships and my friendships, and you know if this person is genuine or if they're just, you know, full of fluff and yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> and the only way it is forward. That's the only way. Yes. To find out. And I think it's just forward a day at a time too. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, here you are, you're in front of me. And again, trusting that God guides my steps, then, okay, what is my response to be? It's to love you. Yeah. And that was Even actually. Even if they are full of fluff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. especially if they're full of fluff. You know, the, 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 that's what it comes down to. Right. A friend loves at all times, yeah. the Bible says. And um, when when I was in those years of, of really um, being bullied really bad, mm. that drove me so deeply into a friendship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm grateful for it, right? Yeah. So I, but one of the things I'll always remember— um, I was, you know, at a small private Christian school and there was a, a poster of the love chapter and I'd never read it. And there it was, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love, um, it doesn't take, keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't, um, um, it hardly notices when someone, did, you know, it's just all the things that it says about, um, the love of God mm-hmm. and, and how, if we truly love, this is this is what love is. It's very, very action-oriented. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, this that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it, it empowered me mm-hmm. because love it isn't being liked. Yeah. Love is, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Oh, there's this room for in this interaction, this, you know. For error. For <laughs> error. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Um, right. It's patient. It's forbearing. All these things. And I um, 
I st- had a notebook and I copied it down off the poster. And then I started finding every version of the Bible that I could and writing down 1 Corinthians 13. And I probably had six or seven of them mm-hmm. because I was just like, it wasn't, I wasn't, a, you know, so much like it, it wasn't because I was like trying to be super spiritual. It was like, oh, this is, it was like a lifeline is what it was. I'm drowning right. out here in this ocean of pain and rejection as a kid. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I don't have to be a victim of their cruelty. Yeah. I can love. I can love the way Jesus did. Yeah. And that, I think, I mean, that's huge yeah. in, in our relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that makes me think of uh, Deuteronomy 23.5. And it was just, just the Lord your God loves you. Yes. And that yeah. and that was a plaque that you yeah. gave me that was hanging up in my room. And that security, you know, that he loves me and that love is all of those things, you know, that right. you just described. So then I can go and learn how to be that and and do that for other people. Yes. Yeah. And that was, I remember finding that and giving it to you and thinking if she knows nothing else, I want her to know this because I knew that it would be... Well, it's everything, and it would. Yeah, I think that as a parent watching children get bullied, my children get bullied. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's like, and it it really pressed on those. Yeah, you know, wounds, scars, you know, and it was, um, it was another level of trusting God because I knew mm-hmm. the pain of that, and so you know, navigating that with you when you were young was, um. So hard, but mm-hmm. it was good too, you know. Yeah. It was, and and I think I was able to bring, you know, it, it was really redemptive, is what it was. I yeah. was able to take the really hard things that had happened to me, and okay, now this is happening to you, and to some degree, some of your brothers struggled with, you know, just that kind of bullying and rejection in school, and and being able to, all right, I know something about this. I know I've learned some things here. Yeah, and um. It was yeah. It just made it made it worth it. And being a friend is it is like a superpower because I think even in the worst scenario, we're talking about making a friend, you know, and just the bravery and vulnerability it takes to do that. But then in a situation where you're being bullied, you know, like and we can be bullied as adults. Like Absolutely. there can be people we're, who are just we're mean. mistreated, yeah, right, yeah, or yeah, all but the time. Conflicts. I, re- I remember one of the, and I've told the boys this story several times. But one of the things that happened when I was in ballet was, you know, there were a couple different just mean, meany, mean girls mm-hmm. in ballet. And I think it's also, you know, a peer thing like, mm-hmm. oh, she's doing it. I'm going to be mean to her, mm-hmm. too. Like, let's all just be oh, mean yeah. to her together. Yeah. And that that happened. And I remember there was this one girl who was really, really mean. And she just kept being like particularly mean to me. Right, going out of her way. Yeah, yeah, to be mean to me. And her birthday was coming up, and you suggested, well, why don't you get her a birthday present? And I was just like, huh? You know, like, why would I? But then I saw your point, and I was like, you're right. Like, you know, return a blessing for a curse. Let's, like, take that and um and actually do it. Like, how do you do that then, you know, for this chick? And I got her a Starbucks gift card, and I just wrote... Happy birthday, you know, to the girl. 
Um, she's never going to hear this podcast, but anyway, I feel like I can't even yeah. say, yeah. Let's give her yeah. an alias. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsten. Um, and I was just like, happy birthday, Kirsten. And I gave it to her. And I remember she was just staring at me. Oh, we people were, don't know what to do. We were yeah. at a dress rehearsal and we're like backstage in the dressing room. And she's just staring at me like, um, and I was like, for your birthday, happy birthday. And she was like, okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. And it was so weird. Yeah. She was just like, I don't know what to do with this. And then she never bullied me ever again. Yeah. She didn't speak to me. She right. pretended I wasn't in the room. She right. probably thought I was like mental or something. Yeah. You yeah, know, she might have. But it's um it is. It's like a superpower. Yeah. And I remember you said grace confuses people. Mm. And that felt like a superpower too. I was yeah. like yeah, if I'm just gracious, nobody it's, can hurt me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's you refusing to be a victim. Mm-hmm. And um and of course, you know, there's a there's a healthy response to it. I think people often are like, well, you can't be a doormat. No, you shouldn't be a doormat. Um but it's it's to to build a wall around you. Um, is also a very dangerous thing to be, you right. know? Yeah. And so finding that sense of, well, it's, it's really Christ-like love. And I mean, ultimately, you know, Jesus, he, his sacrifice, you know, was, I mean, we could, people could look at that and say, what a doormat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet he was willing to, out of love, you know, and, and a determination to demonstrate love, he was willing to sacrifice himself. And even as he's doing it, still demonstrating love by asking God to forgive people because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So that, mm. and we know that the weakness of the cross is is the most powerful right. of, of anything. And yeah. so, you know, you just take that paradigm and let's just take the tiniest bit of that and apply it to difficulties in, in relationships friendship. and friendships. Yeah. And um, when we love like that, we're, we are really kind of entering a supernatural realm. And mm-hmm. grace does confuse people in the scripture that says, you know, don't return a curse for a curse, but instead return a blessing. Um, and it says you'll inherit a blessing in doing that, mm-hmm. which I think part of that is just that sense of I'm not a victim and I'm empowered. I'm making a choice. Yeah. You know, their hatred and unkindness is trying to stymie me, to silence me, to paralyze me. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, no, I won't be, you know. So I think there's that power. But it also, I don't know if it's that verse or another one that talks about heaping coals of fire on mm-hmm. their head. And I always love that because it's like, yeah, burn them. But it's not what it's saying. Right. It's, it's a pure, it's, it purifies people. Right. And, um, it's, it is, it's Christ-like. Right. Yeah. There's a lot to, a lot to unpack. A lot to talk about. <laughs> so yeah, so I look forward to our next, our next time. We'll talk more about friendship. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to talk about next time? Uh, being a friend. So we talked about making a friend. We'll talk okay. about being a friend. Being a friend. Okay. Yeah. All right.